Introducing HTT's Managing Editor, Vesna Brekovich. I'm Jim Park. This is HTT Talks Trucking, Season 7, Episode Number 6. Managing editors are to magazines like operations managers are to truck fleets. They tend to all the day-to-day details of running a magazine and a website and generally keep everything on the rails. They ensure there's enough online content queued up every day while doing much the same thing on a monthly basis for the print version of the magazine. That part of the job demands some serious organizational skill, but they also contribute stories on a regular basis and rewrite sometimes impenetrable press releases. They deal with editors and publishers and readers and recalcitrant writers like me, and they do it all in relative obscurity. So, on this episode, I'd like to turn the spotlight onto HTT's unsung hero, our managing editor, Vesna Brykovich. This episode is brought to you by Fleet Safety Experience, a powerful digital gathering for the fleet safety community. Presented by Automotive Fleet, Work Truck, and Heavy Duty Trucking Magazines, the 2021 Fleet Safety Experience takes place virtually September 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Go to fleetsafetyconference.com to learn more. We're going to do something a little bit different with this podcast and introduce you to our new managing editor. I say new. Uh, She started with uh, HTT in February. Her name is Vesna Brykovich, and we are really pleased to have her on board. She's really lived up to the billing so far, and I thought it would be a great chance to uh, meet Vesna and learn a little bit more about her. Vesna, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks so much, Jim, for the introduction. How are you liking working at HDT so far? Oh, I'm loving it so far. It's so great to be back into trucking. Back into trucking? Yeah, so I actually, I wrote for um, a trucking magazine focused on maintenance um, segment back in between 2016 and 2019. Um, and then I had a little stint in railroading and now I'm back in trucking. Fascinating. So you're no stranger to this when you walked in the door. Yeah, I guess you, I guess you could say that. Tell me a little bit about how you got started in journalism. I mean, it's more of a calling than a, than a job. I think most people would agree. So what, what lit that fire in you? Yeah, I think I, I, I always have been a writer and I, really just wanted to find a purpose for my writing, I guess you could say. So um, when I went to college, I wrote for my student newspaper at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, and I was very involved um, in that, and I really wanted to go into um, journalism and really local journalism, and then I kind of found myself covering specific industries. Like what? Like, so I I started with aviation, and I wrote um, part-time for a business magazine covering the aviation industry. And then I found myself writing for trucking, like I said, for in the maintenance focus and then also the automotive aftermarket. So I kind of started carving out my my niche in transportation, I guess you could say. And, and then um, from there, like I said, I went to um, a railroading book that covered, you know, the North American uh, railroad in- industry, freight and also transit. And now I'm back in tr- tr- trucking, covering it, you know, as a whole. I have to ask you, uh, based on your time with the railroading magazine, trucking and the railroads have have a pretty interesting relationship over the years. (laughs) When you were on the railroading side, what were you hearing and thinking about trucking at the time? Yeah, so it it was really interesting because when I was writing for the trucking books, I didn't hear a lot about railroading. It, It wasn't something that came up frequently. And of course, I was covering from a maintenance standpoint. 
But when I went over to railroading, it's something I heard a lot about this kind of competition of trucking, that trucking is, you know, this competitor to railroading. And that's where I really learned, you know, about this whole freight world. You know what I mean? So um, it was kind of like, you know, trucking, of course, is um, the mission standards and things like that. They're kind of like the first ones, I would say, in the transportation industry to um, have really stringent standards and having to develop so quickly. And so that's, you know, it was something like, okay, they're first and then maybe we're next. So it's kind of looking to trucking to see what's happening there and how that's going to come over to their industry. When you were covering aviation, did you have any particular interest in aviation before you started writing for that magazine? Are you a pilot or anybody in the family fly? Yeah, actually, my uh, my uncle, who I was very close with growing up, he's a cargo pilot, and he's also a diesel mechanic on everything. <laughs> um, so I kind of grew up going with him on um, DC-3s he flew, and um, it was it was kind of an interesting segue. And then when I got the opportunity to write about aviation, I was like, okay, this makes sense, because I grew up around this. And I've actually, I've always wanted to be um, a pilot, but I'm don't want to fly that much. <laughs> so I always, okay. like, I always thought like my second career would be an air traffic controller. So maybe one day. <laughs> wow. That's really out there. <laughs> so, okay. You've got some background in aviation. Uh, did you have any background in trucking? Any uncles, aunts, mothers-in-law who, uh, who are in the, in the trucking industry or drivers? So no, I'm, I'm really the first person in my family and in my friend group as a whole that has really anything to do with trucking. It was brand new thing. Um, and, but the thing is I've kind of become this person in my life who is like the trucking person, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm kind of a really big advocate for the industry and, um, kind of changing a lot of the perception that maybe some people have of it, of being kind of this maybe antiquated industry or, you know, this kind of like rough and tumble kind of industry, um, and seeing that there's a lot of interesting developments happening. So when you get together for a big family dinner, uh, do they talk about trucking? What are you doing that for? That's a crazy business. Why are you involved in that? Yeah, exactly. And I think people are like, you, you're writing about trucking. You know what I mean? So, um, but it's really interesting, you know, anyone who, you know, starts to become a um, owner operator that they hear about in the Milwaukee area or something, I'm the first one to hear about it. They're like, oh, did you hear about that new truck stop or whatever? I'm the first one to hear about it. (laughs) Well, that's kind of neat. And I'm glad you're advocating on our behalf. Uh, Certainly we need all the uh, good PR we can get. But it's, it's always interesting to me when I talk to somebody from outside the industry, how little they understand about trucking. Um, I've always wondered why that is. I mean, a lot of, lots of other industries get lots of press. Uh, you talk about Silicon Valley, aviation, uh, you know, military. People know about stuff because they watch movies about it or they read it in the paper. But trucking doesn't get a lot of sort of positive coverage for all of the great things I think we're doing as far as emissions and moving towards, um, you know, electric powertrains and cutting our carbon footprint. We just can't seem to get a break on on people seeing all the good that we're doing. I'm glad you're out there telling your friends and family about it. Yeah, and, and no kidding. And, you know, that's one thing, you know, there it's such an exciting time to be back in trucking because of emissions, because of autonomous technology. I mean, when I first started writing about um, trucking, I was covering like the unveiling of the Tesla Semi, which was supposed to go in production in 2019. Now it's been delayed, delayed, delayed. Um, and now it's, you know, I'm coming back into it and there's so much more, um, electric vehicles, alternative fuels, 
Um, so this is a really exciting time to be in trucking. And I don't take that for granted. I don't forget that every time something comes out, I'm like, this is the start of history. Like this is 2022 coming up, which is the date that people kept giving like in the future, in the future. And now the future's here. So it's kind of interesting to see, you know, what is going to come to fruition what's going to happen. I totally agree with you. Really, really exciting time to be doing what we do. Was there anything that surprised you? Uh, I mean, I know you were writing about maintenance and stuff uh, ahead of this, but when you started covering trucking in a more broad way here at HTT, was there anything that you were sort of surprised about or, or shocked? Definitely super surprised. So this is the first time I've really dived in um, in a deep way into driver relations and how fleet managers can help with this huge issue of driver retention. And one thing that really stuck out to me in this recent story I'm working on is, you know, this relation between um, shippers and carriers and these drivers and how, you know, there is in some instances, some hostility towards drivers as far as, you know, maybe using their facilities, using their restrooms and, you know, um, parking and things like that. And it just so surprised me because in my mind, I was going into these stories thinking, oh, you know, everyone's here to help everybody, you know what I mean? And sometimes there's this, this hostility happening. Um, and it was, it was so surprising to me. And I think it's a larger issue than, um, it seems. You, you seem to have more than a, a professional interest in this. I mean, you know, if you're a journalist covering a beat, you, you cover what you have to do and go home and have supper and watch TV like everybody else. But you, you've seemed to embrace this and, and are really diving into trucking. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And I think that comes from, you know, I really, like I said, I wanted to start in um, local journalism because I wanted to tell people stories. And that's how I kind of view trucking industry as a whole. You know, there's still all these stories of people in this industry that aren't being told or maybe looked over by, you know, the larger population. So I think I look at the industry in that way. You know, what are the stories that are going untold? And I think it's, it's really important to share that especially because, you know, trucking touches everything in our lives. And I think people forget that. It truly does. As they're fond of saying, there's nothing in your house that wasn't on a truck at one point in time. <laughs> exactly. Vesna, we're going to take a short break here, bring on a sponsor. And when we come back, let's uh, dig into uh, your life on a personal level. Find out what makes you tick when you're not writing about trucking. I'm Jim Park. This is HGT Talks Trucking. We're talking to HGT's newest managing editor, Vesna Brykovich. Fleet Safety Experience is back. It's the virtual version of Bobbitt's popular Fleet Safety Conference. This year's program looks at managing high-risk drivers, the relationship between technology and safety, coping with a fleet fatality, and more. The NTSB's Rob Malloy delivers this year's keynote presentation on crash investigation and highway safety. Fleet Safety Experience is all about improving safety for light, medium, and heavy-duty vehicle fleets. Go to fleetsafetyconference.com to view the full agenda. Okay, we're back with uh, Vesna Brykovich. She's our managing editor at HDT. And, you know, we see her byline on her stories. We see her picture on the top uh, top of the page in the magazine. Uh, but what do we really know about her? You got your start in high school. You got fascinated by journalism. You started writing for a community paper. What, what else do you do? What else makes Vesna tick? Yeah, so I, I'm a really huge soccer fan. I play soccer every week for a rec team in Milwaukee. Um, which is a really big passion of mine. Um, and I also, one big thing about me is that I volunteer for a nonprofit called um, Pearls for Teen Girls, which is 
um, a nonprofit in Milwaukee, and we work with um, girls high school and a little bit after and help them find their way, you know, after high school into their careers and um, into college. Well, you're not long out of high school and college yourself. Exactly. (laughs) That's kind of cool. Good for you. Does that take a lot of your time? Yeah, I say, so once a week I'm paired up with um, one of the girls and we talk once a week and we do activities every month. Um, and so it's it's something I'm really passionate about because I feel like um, everyone in the you know community kind of needs someone to kind of be a stable influence in their life and just kind of be there for them. How do young people see the world today? You know, the, the young women that you're working with and helping out, uh, are they optimistic about their future? Are they troubled, concerned, confused? How do they see the world and how can you help them? I mean, it's really interesting because, you know, I started with this nonprofit, you know, really when um, COVID was really happening. And so all these things were kind of, you know, that they were planning kind of, you know, just were out the window and everyone had to just kind of like start over and figure out the, their timelines. And and I think that's the biggest thing is that a lot of young people, they think like there's this timeline that they have to um, accomplish at a certain time. And I think that you know, especially writing in industries where, um, you know, it's not always, you're not, you're not going to a four-year university all the time and things like that. I really tried to push that, you know, you can always, you know, look at things differently and you can always, um, pursue things in a different way that maybe you didn't think about. Are they still getting a lot of pressure, you know, from the academic side to go to university or are they encouraging young people today to, especially young women, to uh, look at trades, you know, and, and other occupations, non-traditional roles, I think they used to be called. Uh, is there, is there, are they pushing them in those directions or encouraging them to go, to go that way as well? You know, and I think in the schools, it's really not, that's not prevalent. You know, they're not pushing trades. And I think that that's a huge issue, especially um, writing here. And, you know, you're always hearing, okay, we need techs, we need drivers, we need, you know, this, that, and that's in every industry. That's in railroading, that's in trucking, that's in aviation. Um, And so I think that that's a really huge oversight in in a lot of um, high schools. Um, And I think that that's why, you know, certain nonprofits have a really big opportunity to talk to girls on a one-on-one level and bring in people from all these different experiences and say like, hey, like you don't have to just be a doctor and a lawyer. You know what I mean? So. Well, you can do pretty well as a doctor and a lawyer, but you can also do really <laughs> well as a pilot or a diesel technician or, a, you know, truck driver even. Exactly. And, and there's a lot of people out there who, you know, their brains work differently. They like to work hands-on or, you know, they have an interest in this certain technology, but maybe it's not just, you know, Silicon Valley. Maybe it's somewhere else. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So. Well, the people you're working with, uh, what, do you pitch those ideas to them? Are they receptive? You know, I don't think they're as receptive as I would hope. I think that I think that the biggest thing is that they have to, like me, you know, go on go places where they see this in action. You know what I mean? And I, I think that's the biggest opportunity there is to like bring these girls and these people. Um, to somewhere where they can see someone who has had a successful career in these industries. So industries like trucking should be opening their doors to these young people and say, come on in watch what we do, see how we do it. And maybe you'll like it. I really think so. And on top of that, I really am so concerned to see a lot of these high schools, even cutting programs, you know, like a shop, shop classes and shop things like class, that. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's a really, you know, that's, 
really sad to see, and I think it's becoming more common. So I think there really needs to be a resurgence of that. Hmm. I would agree. I, I talked to a high school teacher from Brooklyn, New York, a couple of months ago, uh, and he was his program, the auto auto shop, was like the sole survivor of all the cuts the school had made on the uh, on the shop side. So machine shop was gone, the wood shop was gone, everything was gone except the automotive trades. And he said he was hanging on by his fingernails trying to convince the school boards not to cut those programs, even though the kids that were in them, young people, uh, really liked it. Now, they're a pretty small chunk of the, of the entire school population, but there are probably 20 or 30 kids who are going to wind up being maybe successful car mechanics because of that right. program. It would be a shame to see them go. Completely. Well, you said you were a soccer player and a soccer fan. You must have been disappointed earlier this summer when the uh, U.S. women's Olympic team lost the you know the semifinal in a penalty kick. That must have really driven you wild. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a little tough. That was a little tough. And um, I actually I, I went to Canada and saw the women's team um, when they won the World Cup in 2015. And so I'm I'm look at that team like they're my family. You know what I mean? And so it, it was tough to see. But you know you gotta li- you gotta lose some, I guess. So do you follow women's soccer like on a professional? Are there many professional teams where you are? Um, I mean, we have, I'm right by Chicago, so we do have some. Um, but I think, you know, it's still, you know, compared to Europe and stuff like that, we're still kind of, you know, a small, but in general, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's picking up. I feel like there there's some cities out there where they're diehard um, soccer fans and diehard women's soccer fans too. I've always loved soccer. Uh, I was never very good at it. I, I played hockey and football, um, but I, like a I, true Canadian. Uh, well, yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but you know, when when you look around Canada now, soccer is everywhere. Wow, that's so surprising. Not really. When you consider where a lot of the immigrants who've come to Canada, at least in southern Ontario, come from countries where soccer was a really big pastime. Sure. So they're bringing that with them and and sharing it with us. And we're going, hey, this is cool. Who needs all this expensive hockey equipment? Let's just kick a ball around. I was just going to say, compared to hockey, I mean, soccer is so much less expensive and more accessible to a lot more people. So um, it's kind of nice to see that happening. Yeah, I'm glad too. Did you ever want to be a pro soccer player? Oh, no, never. (laughs) That never crossed my mind. Okay. But, you know, but I like, you know, I like to be part of, it's interesting to be part of, the um, the sport just as a spectator, I think that they have the best the best spirit, and it's it's so amazing. Even just to be sitting on the couch watching a game and being surrounded by fans is like the best feeling ever. I understand you're a golfer as well. Yeah, or so I just started taking um yeah yeah I just started taking golf lessons, which has been really great. I, I'm I think I have a natural swing. I really do. So you might see me out there. Well, you know it's funny. Um, being around this industry as long as I have, there's golf tournaments going on all the time. And yet editors never get invited to golf tournaments because everybody thinks editors don't play golf. And if you look around the industry, well, I'm a golfer. So, I mean, at least you and I have got to get out and get a game going at some point in time. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that. We've got to get the marketing communications people to organize a few golf games for the editors, I think. Yeah, I'm so ready. I'm going to put that on my agenda. All right. (laughs) Well, Vesna, thanks so much for sharing a little slice of your personal life with us and uh, your professional life as well. Um, I know I'm really enjoying working with you. Your your spirit is great. Uh, Always a pleasure to get an email or a phone call from you. 
Uh, welcome aboard a couple of months late, and I hope you stay for a long, long time. Thanks so much, Jim. And and the sentiment is reciprocated. I really um, I really enjoy working at HGT and, and working with the editors here. It's amazing to work under Deborah and you, and um, it, it, it's been such a pleasure. We've been speaking with Vesna Brykovich. She's our new managing editor at Heavy Duty Trucking Magazine. You can look for her byline online or in the magazine. And we look forward to a lot more of them to come. Vesna, thanks again. Thanks so much, Jim. If you're a fleet safety and risk management professional, be sure to add Bobbitt's fleet safety experience to your fall calendar. This virtual event features educational sessions and expert insights to help solve your fleet safety challenges. Fleet Safety Experience takes place virtually September 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Go to fleetsafetyconference.com to learn more. If there's something you'd like us to cover, email me at jpark at truckinginfo.com. If you enjoy the podcast, please spread the word on social media and take a moment to rate us on iTunes and leave a review. We love doing the show and we love your feedback too. It helps us make every show that much better. HGT Talk Strucking is produced by Deb Lockridge, recording and audio production by Jim Park. Heavy Duty Trucking Magazine is published by Bobbitt Business Media. I'm Jim Park. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.